This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is the Urban Hang Suite on Joy 94.9. Hi, I'm your host, David, and this is my full-length interview with Canadian rapper Chaos. Hey, how you doing? So, you... You're obviously Canadian for for the for the folks who are just uh, going to be hearing you for the first time. But you you were born in Canada, but you also grew up in Trinidad and went back and forth. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, my parents are Trinidadian, uh, raised, born and raised. And my dad, uh, in, in the late seventies, he got a job with a with, he was working for a company called Telex which was a you know, computer software company. It was new, obviously, at that time, uh, late 70s. And then he got a job for BWIA, which is the uh, National Airline of Trinidad and Tobago. And they offered him a pretty cool job, which was to kind of aid in the new transference of computers into the airline kind of industry in Trinidad. And, of course, he had a chance to take his whole family back and expose us to how he grew up, which I think was very important to my parents. Um, and why we ended up living at both our grandmother's houses where my mom and dad grew up. And that was a huge slice of life for us. And uh, and then, of course, you know, not liking it, coming to Canada, coming back to Canada, you know, having, you know, my dad stayed in Trinidad. He, he was working still, so we'd go visit him, you know, in Trinidad and back and forth. So it was a, it was a, it was a weird transition for my parents. Um, my dad wanting to continue doing his job and my mom and just realizing that, she wanted us to kind of grow up in Canada in our later teens. Um, so my dad finally made it back to Canada around grade 11 for me. And uh, and then I was in Canada from then on. But up to that point, it was pretty much my life was always being infiltrated by Trinidadian culture. And it was interesting being a Canadian in Trinidad, looking like everyone else, but not speaking like them. And then coming back to Canada and then not looking like anyone else, but speaking like them, you know, <laughs> it was, it was interesting. And music was always the thing that I used to sort of bridge the gap. I always knew so much about music, even before I started playing it, just songs. I knew so many different types of music. I'd always could strike up a conversation with someone based on, Hey, have you heard the new, you know, run DMC? Oh, have you heard the new Susie and the Banshees? Have you heard the new U2? Have you heard the new, you know, Curtis Blow, whatever it was. Yeah you know, in hip-hop, Tribe Called Quest, or whether it was Tribe Called Quest or Jacob Dylan, I, I, I loved, so I, I was torn, I was, I was rock and roll and it was hip-hop, so that experience, that's a great question, kind of shaped my ideas of music and, uh, and made me unprejudiced when it came to music. It was, even if my life and sometimes we all, because we're a certain culture, have biases because of how we were raised culturally, Racially, music was the one area where that didn't exist for me. And it was a great place to exist for a kid with a big imagination to have no boundaries when it came to, like, the police or, you know, slide the family stone. It didn't really matter to me. To me, it was all just great music. So that, 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 that relationship between Trinidad and Canada definitely allowed me to be a free musical spirit, you know? Yeah. And you mentioned a bunch of different artists. Are, are there, whether it's Canadian or American or even music from, from Trinidad, are, are there certain artists that stand out more than other ones that have influenced you over your musical career? Uh, 
I mean, it's, as a kid, it was just everybody because pop music was huge. You know, I could throw in the Michael Jacksons to the Madonnas to the, you know, later on to like Depeche Mode or, or to, you know, Bauhaus or anything like that. There's so much stuff, if I really want to say, because I just was, I was like Pac-Man. I was just eating everything up in the 80s, you know, and then the 90s came along and then you could talk about, you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots and you could talk about Tribe Called Quest. They sure. all stick out, but probably the the band that have, has made has hit me in the head with a huge musical bat more than anybody else is the Roots because when I saw them in 1996 at the Opera House in Toronto, they blew my mind. I'd never seen hip hop with a live band, and that the next day, I was like started trying to get a band. I was going to York University my first year taking communications and I just went into the musical wing and I was like asking everybody anybody black I was like do you play drums I was just like I didn't care I just wanted to like find duplicate the roots somehow you know find a quest love or something but you know and th and that was my path that began my path to musical hip-hop or guitar music or picking up the guitar eventually myself or Stuff like that. So the roots, I would have to in the in the whole pantheon of all the gods of music, they're definitely the Zeus of my musical evolution. They definitely, and I just got their new record, and I'm still, you know, I'm still bugging out. So I'm a, I'm a huge, dedicated, loyal, pay for a ticket, buy a record fan of the roots. You know. Yeah, sure. So and what you know, you released your first album, Exit, back in 2002. How do you think? Um you know, you developed as musically and as an artist generally during from 2002 to your to now with with your new album or your new newest album. Yes. I mean, yeah. I think if something's not growing, if if something's that you know something's dead, if it's not growing, some people grow forwards, other people grow backwards. It's hard for me to say. Um, I think other people are the better judge of that, but uh, I would say. I still I still want to continue to take chances and you know every time I try to do something standard you know this this record yes was like supposed to start as a hip hop record the first song on the record Zamboni is uh is just 808 kicks you know and just me rapping that's what it started off as but by the time I was done I put strings on there so sometimes the evolution part as you talk about it, is just trying to stick to some kind of like you know, protocol, and then you just can't do it. Things You get influenced by other things. So, uh, yeah, the evolution part of just growing just happens naturally because I still listen to so much music. I'm a fan of music still, and uh, I love to, to mix things up. I love experimenting with music. One of, the, uh, one of my rules I made for myself when I got signed to a major label was that I was going to use the money that they gave me to make records to experiment in the studio and not be nervous and feel a pressure to come up with hit songs or whatever, but I would take that whatever $100,000 they give you to make a record and sit there and twist knobs and try different things. And I think that also is a big part of, ironically enough, people say the big bad record company, but all the records up to now that I've been able to be funded by major labels allowed me to sort of do that. You know, I'm sure I could have done it at home, but it, it, it's, it's way more interesting to do it in like the warehouse with like the Beatles console or something. I had those experiences, and that made it really fun and allowed me to push push myself, you know? Yeah. And it, speaking of which, when you were when you're talking about sort of the, just experimenting and trying different things, one of the things that I've noticed, especially over the last, I guess, almost decade now, 
the, the Canadian music scene, especially the Canadian indie music scene, has been really been doing a lot of interesting, different, and new things. How do you think, do you think that, what do you think about the Cana general Canadian music scene? Because it seems to be much more vibrant in terms of, in relation to a country of its size and what it, the output is. And like, how do you think that's right. influenced what you've been doing and trying to, as it pushed you to try to do more new things? I mean, yeah, the indie scene, you know, I was just, you know, Broken Social Scene just did a concert here out here at the, and they're also going to be at Splendid in the Grass. We were, we're, we're all excited to see each other in Australia, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, I was with those guys, all of them, Metric, you know, Broken Social Scene, the stills from Montreal. Like, we log a lot of time with each other, and I think, you know, we, we stand on each other's side stage a lot. You know, for, there was a while there where there was jokes like, you know, if Metric was playing, I was always at the side checking their set out, whether they're in Montreal or Ottawa or Toronto or Vancouver. So, and, you know, you end up on stage with these people, then you end up doing tracks with them. For me as a hip-hopper, for a person who's, who's definitely looked upon not as indie in that way, you know, to be embraced by those people and at the same time we start to become friends with them and then start to share musical ideas, of course, yeah, it's like... I feel like if we look at artists coming out now, like the Janelle Monet's or Andre 2000 when he did certain experiments on The Love Below or, you know, TV on the radio, you know, I feel very lucky to have a very front seat experience with a lot of the great indie music to ever come out of our country in Canada. So it influenced me, and I think when a lot of Americans, black Americans in specific, hear my music, it's a little bit different. The rock influence, the flavor of rock is a little bit different than theirs because of that relationship that's a friendship, you know, and, you know, certain dudes sharing the music of their childhood with me of bands I've never heard, like Dinosaur Jr. or whoever. It's like they share it with me, and I get to, I get to see where it all comes from. So that's a great question. Yeah, the influence it does. You know, Busta Rhymes one time said that the greatest hip-hop doesn't come from hip-hop. It's like opera. It's like funk. It's like someone taking a sample from a Turkish band. So when you move and you evolve into playing instruments and you, you actually just start sampling your friends, you know, a drum sound, a guitar sound, a lot of the sounds that I, only now when I look back at a record like Atlantis, I was I, some of the drum sounds sound like, you know, you know, block party or a metric drum sound or, you know, I was influenced by that. I didn't know that's what I was trying to do at the time. But when, when I was with the engineer, I'm like, stop right there, right there. That's the sound is because I was listening to so much of that music. So you're bang on with that. Yes, it does. It does influence my hip hop without a doubt. And has there been, you know, you recorded, yes, um, from what I read, mainly in Vancouver before you had been based out of Toronto. Is there a difference in sort of the musical creation process for you between the two cities? Yeah, because Toronto is like Spin Magazine. It's like every time every time you turn a corner, everybody is like, what do you, what's new and hip? What are you doing? Like everyone's really concerned about fitting in. It's not a bad thing because uh, we have a beautiful, Toronto is an amazing forward city, but there's a bit of a flavor in Toronto where it's like you feel a pressure to conform. You're in the studio and the, all the ghosts and the vibes outside the room are trying to whisper to you to do something that can be played on the radio or current. And then you take a plane four, four hours west, you know, as, as the west always kind of inspires people to, um, and all of a sudden there's not that influence. 
And so you can, I find that the songs that I come up with that are more radio friendly or more heavy hip hop or, you know, bravado or some form of angst come from my Toronto visits because I have a place in Vancouver as well. And then when I go to my place in Vancouver and I go to the studio and I'm on, I see the mountains and everyone's like, no worries, man. Everybody's just so chilled out. They don't wake up till two in the afternoon, at least my friends there. Sure. Uh, it's, I take that pressure off. So no doubt the, the, the coast, the West Coast definitely brings a form of nonconformism and experimentation that the West, you know, I spent one time in Vancouver, two weeks on one song. The first week I was just trying to figure out, it was a song called Born to Run. And then I went to Coachella from 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 Vancouver with the song still up in the studio. And I came back and was so inspired after Coachella. I think I saw Cat Power and somebody else who's a friend of mine. And when I came back, I finished the song in three days just because that's how the West Coast is. People are constantly like jumping in a van or we're all going here. And they're like gypsies, a lot of my friends out there. Whereas in the West Coast, East Coast, people work. People got to be in bed by a certain time. Sure. They got to lock it down and shut it down so they can be like cohesive the next day. So it's more of a work ethic and a corporate kind of cloud. But that is a great thing too. It's very inspirational as well. It's not a negative thing. It's just a good balance for me. Sure. So how, you know, for, for speaking of Yes specifically, how, how do you think, for, for you, from your perspective, how does Yes compare to your, your first three albums? Um... Artists will always want to say that their current album is their best album. I won't say Yes is my best album. I would just say it's my most musically free. I think the other albums, I would always, I had fears, you know, like, okay, is this too rock? Should I be stepping in this category? Then on Joy for Rebellion, I'm like, Crab Bucket, is this too pop? You know, this is being played on the radio 30 times a day. Do I even like this song anymore? First record out, you know, first record, is it too preachy? Heaven only knows. Am I preaching too much? You know, I don't have any of those questions with this record. With yes, it's just every song, every song that I listen to. I haven't listened to it in a while, actually. But every song when it was done, and I did my thing where I take all my records out and I listen to them in a row. Okay. That's what I do. I start. I started exit. I listen to the whole thing. Joy Rebellion. Listen to the whole thing. Atlantis. And then I listen to yes. For some reason, I was like, I didn't feel the insecurity that I felt. Um, on the other records, and who knows what that translates to? It could translate to a, maybe more of a hit song before, or maybe more of a this or a that. But I definitely feel more secure in my skin on this record, and that to me is the most important thing. If I'm going to keep making records for the rest of my life, is to feel secure, not to the point where I get snug, but at least not to walk around questioning what I just did, which. When I did it, I was so down with it. And then, like, five days later, I'm like, I don't... You know, some of those songs on Atlantis and Joy for Rebellion didn't make the record because I just... I talked myself out of it. It was my friends and different people who I... My family and brothers who I played the song immediately when I was done. They're like, what happened to that song? And I was like, ah, it's not on the record. They're like, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, so it's just... I didn't have that this prop, this time on this record, that kind of backtracking. And I think that's huge for me as an artist any artist, because we're all to some extent insecure and uh, dealing with our own, you know, loving ourselves and loving everything we do or trying to love what we do and not be judgmental of ourselves, just like every other human being. So uh, this record in itself is why it's called Yes, and it's red, which is the color of blood and passion. And uh, yeah, I stand behind it as my most musically free offering thus far.
And is that does that tie back to because I saw in I think it was in an interview where you said that you felt like you were starting new with this album. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's the same thing, you know. It's, you make a full circle, you make a full circle thing. It's like you know, again, I keep dropping these names only because they're my friends. I was in Alabama yesterday for the last two days with a guy by the name of Sebastian Granger. He's in a band called Death From Above. He's no longer in that band. He's working on his solo stuff. But we, we went, we took a trip because we have a song that was kind of subtly talking about the oil spill, and we decided to go down there and check it out instead of just writing about it. Mm-hmm. We wanted to go see what snoop around and see what was going on there. So if this song is released or used as a, as a way of charity, that we know we didn't just make a song. And we spent two days together in Alabama at bars, and we talked a lot. And, you know, just his physical being right now looks a lot like who he was when I first met him when he was in that band. Obviously, he went through changes and tried to divorce himself from that band when it was done. And artists do that a lot. You know, we divorce ourselves. And then we and we kept using the term full circle. Is when you come back around and you realize the beauty and the thing that you started, you're no longer running from yourself or afraid that people like you only because you look this way or sound this way. You actually start embracing those nuances of why you did it in the first place. And that's all that I was saying with that that kind of idea with yes. It's just not the whole, like, uh, you know, cliche thing of, oh, it's a, it's a rebirth. It's not really that much as much as just, being aware of the thing that you did in the beginning and not being afraid of it or not trying to judge it. Just let it be what it is. And that's how I started new because when you start new, you, you'll never have your first record over again. Sure. You have your whole life to make your first record. You know, but, and then you make a record and then people have an idea. People text you these horrible things like, this is my favorite song of yours. And they think they're giving you a compliment, but you're like, what? <laughs> I don't, you know, it's like, it's a strange experience for somebody to to call out a song at a set when you love all your songs like your children. And so people just pick the top three. There's always three or four that everyone always says they like, and it, it makes you go through these weird things where you start to want to outdo that and stuff like that. And I think you get to the point where you're comfortable with that, and you just know that those things were maybe the first things that people heard of you. It put them onto you so they have a, a nostalgic you know, affinity for how they came across you at first. And for an artist to realize that and not be insecure about that it signals a whole new path of least resistance for them. And that's what I sort of meant by that. Okay. Just my last question. Do you think, um, because obviously with I Wish I Knew Natalie Portman, especially here in Australia, it's brought you to a whole new audience. Do you think that's that song is sort of going to be that type of song for people here, at least in Australia? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean... I mean, that's, that's where you see those cartoons where the scientist starts rubbing his hand together and starts laughing. <laughs> you know, that's every record I want a song that is so outside and weird of what I did last time. And it's maybe not weird in the, in the whole history of music. It's not like some weird Eric Satie, like weird music or like, you know, Serge Gainsbourg. You know, it's not that, but sure. it's, it, it's, it's definitely different. And, and and tapping into something like the OC, a show that I didn't even really watch. I just liked the band Phantom Planet, just like I liked the, the band Sloan. You know, to me, they all were the same kind of thing. And so uh, I love that song always. And when Socrates brought me that piece of music, I was like, let's do this. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that maybe never heard Sunday Morning, but that's good. In some ways, I'll end it by saying it should be the goal of every artist, much like a computer, to wipe the memory of a fan of anything you've done before and give them some a fresh new hard disk of new information. You want to wipe that away 
you know, maybe they'll remember it years later and be like, yeah, I also like that song. It's like when you listen to Stevie Wonder or Paul McCartney, you're like, wow, and he had that one and that one and that one. But for the moment that they come with their new material, it should wipe away. It should it should wipe away your memory. So you're very correct that that song hopefully some, gets people started on it, and they might actually even discover the last three records yeah. by getting to this one. Hopefully it works that way. And if it does, the universe and God and the universe is great, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right, well, thank you for taking the time to, to speak with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Great questions. Insightful. Thank you for asking the questions to make me think about this stuff. That's all right. We look forward to seeing you here in Melbourne and in Australia very soon. Cool. Can't wait. This has been my interview with Chaos here on the Urban Hang Suite on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organization, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.